I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. He only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume. Awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show. Because by hour two, he's blitzed. I'll bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin, some stupid piece of weird Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol in my volume. Alcohol in my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin, right? So you're blaming the drunker. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunker, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Welcome aboard, everybody. It's Alcohol by Volume Tuesday, July 23rd, 2013 on morelikeradio.com. If you would like to Skype into the show, my Skype name is Alcohol by Volume, all one word, or, 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 I actually have a phone number now. I figured, eh, what the hell. New phone number, 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. Yeah figured I had to do something like that. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Uh, my Google Plus page, which I occasionally add stuff to, uh, tinyurl.com slash alcohol by volume. And um, of course, you can download all the great shows for More Like Radio on iTunes. Just look for More Like Radio, morelikeradio.com slash downloads, and also on morelikeradio.org. That opening song there, just want to promote that a little bit. Uh, that was Tear You Apart by Feather Oars out of Nashville, Tennessee. You can find them on Facebook.com slash Feather Oars or on Twitter at Feather underscore Oars. That's at F-E-A-T-H-E-R underscore O-A-R-S. Uh, found them on Twitter eh, actually a few days ago. Um, they uh, figured, you know, they said, nah, no problem, you know, play our song, promote. So 
Figure, give those guys a little bit of a shout out. They got an EP that is coming out, I believe, within the next month or two. So check them out on Facebook. And of course, there is the alcohol by volume beer tasting list at tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Add your beers to the list. It's an open spreadsheet. Uh, pretty much anything, any kind of beer you want to add in there. You can add ciders, even if, um, hell, maybe start adding wines in there if we want to. I don't know. But go ahead, add stuff in there. I know I have a few that I picked up recently that I got to add in there that I had not added previously. So my bit of randomness for the week, I'm still pretty much hobbled by my back. I have not been able to do any running or anything like that, which pisses me off, which of course means that it gives me more time to sit around and drink. I'm actually off from work all week, so what am I doing? I you know, drink all day. Um, which is different than when I work during the week because I actually wait until about five to do that. Um, but I have been doing, I know, as I know some other people on the station have been doing, um, DDP yoga and while I can, you know, drink a beer doing that, it'll, it'll, it'll hydrate me somewhat, but that I did the, um, I did the fat burning, um, it's like a half hour segment on that yesterday. Jeez, that fucking kicked my ass i'm i'm by no means terribly out of shape but that that was that was rough so yeah cornex in the chat saying swim stretch it out in the water but believe me i want to do that if i had access to a pool in the general vicinity the closest thing i got is uh the beach uh locals will know bud lake there's a beach here but you got to pay a membership fee and all that shit i don't feel like doing that so in the meantime, I'm doing yoga to stretch myself out. I'm hoping that I will be back to running by the end of this week. Ugh, Mitch thinks I'm an out of shape queer, but yeah, I don't know. I think I got the same build as you, Mitch. Then again, you're probably an out of shape queer too. So, uh, yeah, but you know, so there, there's there's that. Uh, and I was I had a video shoot out in uh, Pennsylvania end of last week, and I know in the past. I've ranted again and again about Pennsylvania's ridiculous beer laws. And hello to Marianne in the chat. Um, and on my way back from that shoot, I noticed a liquor store that was pretty much showing uh, that that was it one of the electronic signs outside, and it was advertising a Belgian white. It wasn't Blue Moon; it was some other Belgian white. I'm like, okay, so they're gonna have craft beer here. However. Like Pennsylvania laws, I'm going to have to buy a fucking case of it. I can't buy a six-pack. So I went in there, checked it out, and of course, you know, that's that's the way it was. And hi, Sherry. I see you there, too. Um, everybody in the chat. If you're not in the chat, jump in. Morelikeradio.com slash live. Come on. But I went in there. Cases everywhere. I mean, obviously, you had all your bud cores, all that shit. And then I was finding other random stuff. They had... Um, the left-hand milk stout in a case, their nitro milk stout in a case. It just really good selection. The only prohibiting factor is you have to buy a fucking case of it. And there aren't a lot of beers that I want to buy a case of 24. Found a solution to that. And it was actually a beer that I have not been able to fucking find in New Jersey. Any of my listeners that are in Michigan are probably familiar with Atwater Brewery out of Detroit. They have really good cherry wheat, a few other different, 
you know, varieties of stuff. They got you know, they're summer seasonal. They have a, a a blonde wheat beer stuff like that. Now they had a case of the cherry wheat, which I was tempted to grab until I saw a variety pack that had the let's see the Traverse City cherry wheat. Let me reach down to my bucket. I think I got most everything. Hey, and Logan is in the chat too. Hello, Logan. Uh, I also have the Purple Gang Pilsner. I have the Dirty Blonde uh, Ale brewed with orange peel and coriander. And there was one more. I think it's like a summer ale. So I found those there. Got the variety pack. It cost me, I don't know, maybe like 30 35 bucks, something like that. For Atwater, I'm not complaining about that. I was just happy I was able to find it. And it's pretty much kept me in beer for the last, well, last week or so. Uh, so I can kind of take back some things I've said bad about the PA booze laws. It still sucks having to buy a case like that unless you go into a bar. Yeah, you can buy a six-pack and stuff like that. But now I know some things that are distributed there. Another, holy shit, it was it was a just a plethora of cheap beers that I have never seen before. It looked like all kind of Pennsylvania native beers. I wish I had written some of them down. But just insanely cheap prices for what has to be totally watered-down beer. It would be perfect for that cheap beer show that, again, I want to do. But uh, buying a case of that stuff is going to be a little rough. I don't know. Maybe if, like, case for me, case for Dennis, uh, Mitch finds a case, you know, something like that. But, eh. So, uh, as I mentioned, my, my drinks for the week, it's been pretty much that Atwater Variety Pack. Uh, still have my Yingling light because I'm, I'm going semi cheap. I'm trying to, you know, not go crazy with all the stouts and everything. And uh, I also had, as I've reported on some weeks past, I had Red Hook's Game Changer at Buffalo Wild Wings. It's their new house beer made by Red Hook, and it's actually pretty good. A little bit of hoppiness to it, kind of a nutty flavor. Pairs really well with the wings. They they did a good job with that. So I was very pleased with that. And I'm also very pleased to see that the chat is hopping tonight. It, it, very, very different from last week. I think for the first half of the show last week, I wasn't even sure if the chat was working because there was nothing going on in there. But it was just one of those weeks. That's 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 a summer for you. So the first thing I'm picking up on is uh, I saw this trailer for this new... Um, Oh, and ah, okay. Mitch, just a little uh, tangent here. Mitch says he is drinking a Guinness Black Lager. Tastes like a better Bud Light, but he doesn't really care for it. I've had Guinness Black Lager. It's okay, but it's not something I would drink normally. I'll I'll, I'll take the Guinness Stout over that. So, (laughs) ah, poor Cornax. Even even Logan Tittle is now calling him corny. I guess I have to start calling him corny now, too. (laughs) Ah, So anyway, it's a new Irish-British horror comedy called Grabbers. Now, why am I talking about a movie on my show? It actually has a booze theme to it. I'll post the... I think I have it in my clipboard here. Let me make sure I'll post the image of it in the chat. The tagline for the film is Sobriety Kills. It premiered at Sundance last year, described as a slimy, booze-soaked monster madness... And it's pretty much, for the most part, at least as far as I saw, it was um, unknowns acting in the role. However, 
there was um, Russell Tovey is in it, and anybody that's seen Being Human, the UK version, he played George. So one familiar actor. So basically, the description of the film. On Aran Island, an idyllic fishing village off the coast of Ireland, charming but somewhat work-shy, Syrian O'Shea is tasked with greeting Lisa Nolan, a straight-laced young officer who has arrived from the mainland. Not that there is much for them to do aside from dealing with the occasional drunk, and that's usually O'Shea himself. But strange doings are afoot. The crew of a fishing boat disappears, whales start appearing dead on the shore, a local lobsterman catches a strange tentacled creature in his trap, and soon it becomes clear to O'Shea and Nolan that there's something big out there and that it's hungry, it's time to rally the villagers, arm the troops, and head to the pub. Again, it's still not clear why I'm talking about this yet. There is booze related here. But if you want to check out uh, info for the film, it's at ifcfilms.com slash film slash grabbers. It hit limited theaters and video on demand as of July 19th, but there is a trailer for it, and uh, I can post the I can post a link for it in the chat if anybody wants to follow along. I can uh, play this here. Do, 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 do. So let me pop this up here. If that will work. Oh. And it helps if I actually unmute everything. Because I am a radio professional, as my uh, promo indicates. Okay, let's try this again here. Again, from IFC Films. Some of this is, well, a lot of this is kind of visual, but... Looks like a fisherman going down a dark hallway. And, oh, there's something in the water... Oh, something in the water, something above him. Holy shit, and he's gone. It's always the quiet places where the madness happens. But they're pilot whales. They died at sea. I can't be set for sea monster. And this is something totally different. Something, something alien. You don't believe me? Lots of tentacles. Good. Didn't they tell you even coincidences. Not really. You are so lucky she didn't kill you. You were drunk. If we taint our blood with booze, we're poisonous to eat. And there's the catch right there. That's why I want to seek out this movie. Basically, the whole twist is that they have to keep themselves drunk and alcohol in their systems because then the multi-tentacled alien whatever creature won't want to eat them because it'll kill it. So I think that's actually a pretty cool idea. Um, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on in the chat right now. <sighs> but yeah, so I mean, that's that's basically that's basically the gist of the trailer there. It's called Grabbers from IFC Films. Uh, I'm seeing, let's see, uh, in theaters on demand, IFC Midnight, DVD, digital download, all that kind of shit. So check that out. It, it seems like more and more booze kind of movies are are hitting. I know there was that one I uh, mentioned a couple weeks ago, and I can't remember what the hell it was, but it had yeah, what was it? Olivia Wilde, uh, one of the guys from New Girl. So some random people. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> yeah, you, you would think with all the tentacles that it would be an adaptation of a Japanese film. Just some slimy, tentacled creature that doesn't like booze. And what the hell did Mitch do with the peppercorns? Picture in the chat of Mitch apparently having some sort of cooking mishap. 
but that is neither here nor there. Um, I actually got this link from Corny in the chat. It's another weirdest beer flavors list. Now, there's some of them that I've covered ad nauseum on the show. But uh, let's see. Covered the bacon and maple syrup from Rogue because we like that. This one I hadn't seen before. This It's a prickly pear. It's a Tex-Mex Siesta prickly pear lager made with local Texan fruits and with what the Siesta brewery says is an extra boost of carbonation. I am not quite sure what that would taste like, but it does sound like a different flavor. Some of these flavors aren't necessarily as weird. One of, the, one of them here is wine. The example they give is Dogfish Head's Noble Rot, which I've had before, which is really good. I know it was either last week or the week before I mentioned how I think it's Allagash has a couple wine beer hybrids coming out. So that's coming more and more and more. Um, and Mitch in the chat saying, I would call grapefruit a weird taste, but the shell shocked is really good. And I, I definitely have to try that because it, grapefruit's one of those weird flavors for me because I don't particularly like the flavor of grapefruit unless it's in a beverage. Uh, Mitch is saving it for me, although he says he can buy more. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna start scouting what I'm gonna grab for Mitch because I'm gonna do a little beer trade with that. And if anybody else wants to send me beer, you're always welcome to. Uh, next in this list, uh, oatmeal. See, I don't find that all that weird anymore. Oatmeal is very normal to me. This is weird because I have no idea what the fuck they're talking about here. Yeasty Hornet's Abdomen. So they say some smart fellow in Rome discovered that the yeast found in a hornet's abdomen survives and is stored for long periods of time. The jump to beer is a mystery, but the the result is the Golden Birra Calabrona made by New York City's Italy and Dogfish Head Brewers. The beer has spicy notes of mere resin, which produces a very rich old world perfume. That's a new one to me. I'm not familiar with that at all. Um, banana bread, that's normal to us. Pizza, mentioned that before. Peanut butter and coffee, I've, we, we've delved into that before, how, well, first of all, that, that rogue peanut butter, banana, chocolate abomination was just, well, an abomination. And I'm seeing it everywhere around here now, which means nobody's buying it. Uh, but this one has to do, this was from, um, the Willoughby Brewing Company. They have a peanut butter cup coffee porter. That sounds like it might work a little bit better. I haven't found any other peanut butter beers other than that rogue. Yeah. Uh, Chipotle, eh, rogue Chipotle ale. We're, uh, most of us are probably familiar with that. Uh, Rocky Mountain Oyster Stout. I've covered that before. Chocolate milk, uh, chocolate milk stout. I've gone through those before. Here's another new one. Uh, this one is called Spirulina Wit. Uh, Freetail Brewing Company Spirulina Wit, uh, or Spirulina Wilt, I don't know, blended into its rye wit, the vitamin-rich emerald green algae called spirulina. The algae adds aromatic notes of tropical fruit and the bonus of health benefits. So it, it's, it's actually, I'll, um, I'll copy this image into the chat, see if this will work. It has kind of a green tint to it, so it's a little bit beyond that, uh, oh, frig, you know what, that's not gonna work as a image. Let me see. I hate it when these fucking sites do that. I'm trying to copy image URL, and eh, that's... Well, if anybody wants to paste that into their browser, it's not coming up as an actual image. There's probably a JPEG um, 
extension at the end of it, but I don't know. Spicy vegetables. This goes into the whole bit with peppers and everything. Um, and you know, we've, we've talked about that. The one that they show on here is Ghostface Killer by Twisted Pine Brewery. Uh, let's see. Flavors are a blend of hot peppers and vegetables with aromatic, earthy, and fruity notes. So it's supposed to be a, you know, another spicy beer. I've had, I've had numerous spicy beers. This is one that I'm not familiar with here. I may have seen mention of it at some point or something, but Key Lime Pie from Shorts Brewing. Uh, it was a gold medal winner at the 2010 Great American Beer Festival, and they're showing it in a bottle here, so it wasn't just an on-draft kind of thing. Uh, prominent sweet and tart flavors are made with fresh limes, milk sugar, graham crackers, and marshmallow fluff. That is something I would seek out, and it, m- most of the time when you see lime in beer, it's, well, Bud Light lime, and that's pretty much about it. And then the last one on the list, of course, is one that I have mentioned in the past, the uh, Civet Crap coffee stouts the one they give the example of is the mckellar beer geek brunch weasel using that coffee bean that passes through the intestinal tract of the civet and is supposed to remove a lot of the bitterness and all that kind of stuff so uh anytime anybody wants to toss a interesting link at me or whatever like uh like good old corny did you can uh, post it on the facebook group and if it is a good relevant topic i will talk about it on the air um let's see let me make sure the ah thank you marianne yeah i couldn't i didn't have i wasn't on my toes enough to figure that out um and well while, while we're talking about good beers marianne's enjoying a sam adams porch rocker mitch says it's one of his new favorites i, I saw going by some of your recent drinks on untapped mitch that you definitely had one of the uh, beers of summer variety packs i love that i haven't gotten that pack in a really long time either i don't know why um so let's see what do i got next year uh 100 year old bottles of beer found under a tacoma washington stairwell let me post let me see if uh, this image url will work or if they're gonna try and fuck me again Okay, this one works. These are 100-year-old bottles of beer. It's uh, just labeled Tacoma Beer. I guess it was Tacoma Beer Company. <laughs> Thank you for my prep, Corny. Um, yeah, I didn't start doing prep until yesterday. I'm you know, lazy. Um, so it was fond under a stairwell, and local brewers actually intend to drink it. Now, wine and scotch age well. Beer does not age well for the most part. There are some that can age a few years and they will improve. But as the article here says, Tacoma brewer Steve Navarro, one of the owners of the new Pacific Brewing and Malting, will find out soon enough what level of skunk they encounter when they crack open a bottle of 100-year-old Tacoma brand beer that was recently discovered in the stairwell of a California hotel. Oh, okay, so it was actually discovered in California, not in Tacoma. Close enough. Um, let's see. And what makes the discovery of the unopened bottle significant is the story of the company that made the brew, Pacific Brewing and Malting. It's Tacoma's newest craft brewery when it opened downtown in Tacoma later this year. But the new company is actually an homage to the brewery of the same name that operated a century ago in Tacoma. So basically, this beer is their, um, you know, their ancestor, ultimately. Would I try a 100-year-old beer? Uh, no. Fuck no. 
Fuck, fuck, no. I, I, one of these guys is going to end up dying if they try and taste this shit. Um, let's see. Story of how they were found. They were clearing a stairwell, found the unopened bottles. Uh, they found cans of Pacific beer, even some labels before, but they've never found bottles of Tacoma branded beer, especially unopened bottles. So they made a deal with the California hotel and bought them and they picked up the bottles um, some of the bottles had crooked necks. You could tell from the photos they were legit. And it, yeah, if you look, if you look in that photo, if you're in the chat, I can see one of them definitely has that crooked neck going to it. So old, old, old craft, yeah, craftsmanship there. And since they were sitting in that stairwell, it, they've they've been there for a hundred years. Nobody's touched them. They've just been completely undisturbed. Probably no, you know, no light hitting them. So I mean, they're. Yeah, they're going to be skunked, but they're still going to be pristine otherwise. Um, it, it reminds me of that other story. I think it was in uh, Chicago. They found that brewery underneath where they were doing some construction, or the remains of a brewery underneath where they were doing some construction. Um, yeah, no, no, nothing interesting in the comments. I mean, people are wondering, beer is cool, nice, Ugh. Come on, people. Say a little bit more than that. Ah, like I'm being terribly interesting today, but this is uh, something I teased last week. And I can I can totally dip into this. Deadspin ranked 36 cheap American beers, and they ranked them, you know, from the, let's see, what did they say? The worst to least worst. Now, I'm not going to go through all of them necessarily, but there are a lot of familiar names in here. Starts at number thirty six with Keystone. We 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 all know about Keystone. They say it's apparently worse than Heineken and Murder. So that's a that's a pretty bold statement right there. Bud Light Lime is number thirty five. I'm genuinely surprised that that is that low because when I used to drink Bud Light, Bud Light Lime was not horrible. Um. I'm actually drink. Well, actually, I don't know if the particular no, not not the exact beer that I'm that I have in my bucket, but a variation of it. They have Yingling here at number twenty five, which I'm sure would make Dennis so happy because he hates Yingling. Uh, it says here, why are people so into Yingling? It's quite popular among the Pennsylvania expat community, which is odd given that the beer sucks and Pennsylvanians don't Pennsylvanians don't strike me as an excessively prideful or self important lot. Now, Yingling is not horrible in my opinion it's it, is it as good as some other craft beers no perfectly serviceable cheap beer i have no problem picking up a six pack of it for six and a half bucks i uh, pick up a you know i picked up a case of it for 19 bucks it came out to ridiculous ridiculously cheap amount per, oh god damn it yeah dennis is in the chat and yeah and and yeah sherry's right i'm not interesting yet because i'm still sober i gotta drink more let me do that Of course, Dennis likes that article. Um, other ones, Milwaukee's Best, Bush, Keystone Light. Keystone Light, they actually marked as a improvement over regular Keystone, which is kind of surprising. Old Milwaukee. Budweiser doesn't even have any kind of snide remark or witticisms or anything. It's just number 13, Budweiser. That's it. 
Uh, a couple of Trader Joe's house loggers, simpler times and name tag. Um, Lone Star, Miller Lite. But um, one on here actually surprised me that it was featured. I, I've had it before, or I've had some of their beers before, Narragansett uh, out of New England. They said, uh, this resurrected New England legend was f- prominently featured in Jaws, then went away for a couple decades, and is now prominently featured in my refrigerator. I know I've had their cream ale before. It's pretty good. I guess that's a pretty standard beer in the New England region. I can't say that I am in the New England region. Um, did this... Ooh! Logan just posted something interesting in the chat. <laughs> Logan wants me to do the cinnamon challenge again. No! Let me see. Uh, elephant dung beer sells out. You know what? Let me get into that. Holy crap. I want... You know what? I, I think I did... I think I mentioned when they were producing this and they anticipated that it was going to sell out right away. But yeah, uh, from Japanese brewery Sankt Gallen, Unkonokoro, a brew made from coffee beans that have passed through an elephant. There's no actual poop in the beer or so they'll lead you to believe. And it's similar to the whole civet crap coffee. It, it breaks down proteins in the coffee bean, giving the beer a smooth, earthy flavor. And they sold out of the brew on the first day of its sale on April 1st. So, eh, eh. we know we know the Japanese are a little strange when it comes to, well, certain food items, certain other behaviors, but that is a, that is a strange one. <laughs> you know what, I'll, at some point in time, I will do, not tonight because I don't have the materials for it, I will do another modified some sort of challenge. But we got to do it different because we did we did the cinnamon brandy. We got to do something something else. And I also did the absinthe chug. We we need to think of something a little bit different to get me intoxicated but not kill me at the same time and also I'm not doing any butt chugging. I am not smoking alcohol. Uh what else am I not doing? I'm not injecting alcohol. <laughs> I will be imbibing it. I will be consuming it. In my mouth. And that's it. So, we'll figure out something. Um, let's see. Oh, and, yeah, number one number one on this list, I had never heard of this before, but I'm willing to bet that um, Mitch probably has, because I guess it's out of Minnesota, Grain Belt Premium. So they say... I always think of Minnesota as a secretly sexy place, and not just because of Kent Herbeck and Al Franken. Maybe it's all the trout and music and Lutherans. Toss in a smooth, creamy, and dreamy local budget brew like Grain Belt, and it's a wonder Minnesota hasn't seceded to form its own naked blonde utopia. Grain Belt Premium is America's finest cheap beer. So, oh, fuck. Consuming it? Yeah, I'm not not saying that again. Uh, Cinnamon tequila, I'll... if, if I can find minis of cinnamon tequila, which I think I can, I'll grab that. Have someone punch me while I take a set of rainbow shots. <laughs> I'm sure Dennis would want to do that. Oh. Well, okay, and Mitch Mitch has had Grain Belt before, and they say, you know, that is the, you know, America's finest cheap beer. So, I guess that's high praise. Also high praise from Mitch, too. I mean, you, you can say all you want about, you know, cheap beers, Every every cheap beer has a big fan, and he says Mitch says it's not his go-to, but it's leagues above, you know, Budweiser or Miller stuff like that. And that, that's kind of why I, for my cheap beer fix, I gravitate to Yingling because it it 
it actually has flavor in my opinion as compared to bud and stuff like that i know dennis is not going to you know agree with that even in the least but yeah okay dennis 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 uh not even going to respond to that this next story. This one actually pissed me off because it was... And I know how, how everybody loves Angry Kev. This one has to do with a brewery in... Let's see. Brimfield, Massachusetts. That is pretty much facing closure due to some old busybody who has nothing better to do and has to make everything difficult for everybody else and is bitching about zoning laws and all that kind of shit. The brewery is Treehouse Brewery, treehousebrew.com. You can check out their stuff. They have a lot of supporters that are kind of fighting for them. So this has to do with the town's bylaws. The owner of the brewery got the blessing of several town boards and the state and set up his brewery and everything but now apparently it's been ruled in violation of zoning bylaws because some old fucker who, like I said, has nothing better to do, just wants to ruin everybody else's good time. Um, the disagreement stems from the interpretation of the town's zoning bylaws, which were voted in during the 60s. Uh, John Mortorelli, whose complaints against the brewery prompted the Zoning Board of Appeals decision can't believe the brewery was ever allowed to open in an area zoned for agricultural and residential uses. And he's being all nitpicky because the brewery does engage in agriculture. They grow a small amount of hops along with dandelions, mint, stuff like that to brew some of their beers. It's considered an agribusiness, agricultural business. But this John Mortarelli said, oh, a farm needs to be five acres and produce crops that net the farmer $1,000 an acre. Uh, Let's see what it is. Uh, We like our zoning bylaws because they're very restrictive. We've got 3,000 people. How much land do we have to give to the businesses? Mind you, nobody else is complaining about this brewery. The owner of the brewery says the beer brewing should be allowed if his reading of the bylaw is correct. He said the business has a small impact on the neighborhood, being open only nine hours a week. No alcohol served on the premises. Customers simply come by to have their growlers filled to drink later, and they walk the grounds and learn about beer. That's it. So, again, this old guy is just... (laughs) This old guy is just being a dick about it. Um, Let's see. Who's the the name of the... Damien Goodrow. He's the owner of Treehouse Brewing. What does this say to a small business that wants to come to Brimfield? No one starts a business with the intention of failing, and we didn't do that either. Let me see what else Mortarelli says. Oh, yeah. Okay, Mr. Mortarelli said the brewers should have just closed up shop after the ZBA ruling on July 10th because, quote, good people follow the law. Fuck you. Yeah, I'm sure you've never sped down the road, you fucker. He said his intent is, quote, to shut them down completely. He sounds like some fucking... Just it's three Stooges villain, you know, trying to trying to shut down the orphanage, you know. And he also says he admits he's no stranger to using the bylaws to bring down other residents or businesses he thinks aren't in compliance. So this is just some old retired guy that has 
seriously, nothing better to do and just has to fuck with everybody else. It's, it's not even just targeting this brewery. He's fucked with so many people in that town. A, a town of 3,000, and he's probably, he's probably fucked with 25% of them in some way, shape, or form. Um, let's see what else. Yeah, the owner of the brewery says, I can't say a bad thing about Brimfield because 99% of our neighbors supported us at the hearing. The guy has the support. It's just this Mortarelli guy that wants to fuck with them. So if you are in that particular area, show them some support. Treehouse Brewing Company. It's treehousebrew.com. Hopefully, maybe this Mortarelli guy will just, you know, kick the bucket or something before anything happens. Allegedly. I don't know. Shit. I didn't say that. Got that out. Fuck. What would you? Oh, okay, Logan says, "What would you do at his age? Not fuck with people." That is that is a good point. Um, hmm. What would I? Well, at at his age, I'd probably be trying not to break my hip as I ugh, my body gets brittle already. Um. Oh, jeez, I'm seeing some good links in the chat now. Cornax posted some weird Japanese food, including wasabi beer. Now that, that is a whole different level of spice. Uh, yogurito, fermented yogurt soda. This one from Logan. Spirits at Surprise. 12 weird alcoholic drinks. Now, and this, that actually sounds familiar to me too. I think in Finland they have a, like, fermented milk beverage, if I remember correctly. So that sounds kind of similar to this. Uh, alter- alternately referred to by bloggers as sparkling yogurt wine and alcoholic yogurt. 16% alcoholic beverage. Wow. Alcoholic beverage produced in Holland. Okay. And distributed in Japan. Uh, touted as a great mixture with fruit juices and ginger ale. Yogurito comes in plain and strawberry. Suggests mixing with milk or soda water and serving over ice. It almost, it almost makes me think if anybody has ever had tequila rose before... It does remind me, because that, that's a drink that, it's like a cream liqueur, but, and <laughs> Dennis does have a point, as it, at his age, I'd be long gone after some severe liver trauma, so, yeah. Oh, Logan uh, hitting us with the info in the chat there, speaking of Massachusetts, one of Harvard's first construction projects was a brewery so students could drink. See, Massachusetts knows what they're doing with beer, so they they should just leave this guy alone. Let him do his thing. Ew. Cornax. His list also has a pig placenta jelly drink. Wow. Let me bring up... Jeez, uh... everybody doing my show prep for me today. I appreciate that. Uh, Logan has it right. Proving success br- begins with a good alcoholic drink. Exactly. You gotta think. Most of the greatest ideas in history had to have come from someone that had a drink in their hand. It just makes sense. You look at all the great music. Either came from, admittedly, probably drugs or alcohol. It just loosens you up, frees your inhibitions, and when it comes to inventions and just pioneering you know, successful ventures like that, opens you up to those possibilities. Wow, that almost sounded inspirational. I don't want to get into that. Um... Oh, and that, okay, the wasabi beer is another green beer. I'm not surprised by that at all. And, ooh, Japanese pancakes, cubic watermelons, ca- canned bread. 
Ugh. Ah, okay. Placenta 10,000 jelly drink. Jelly drinks are strange enough to Americans, but Placenta 10,000 isn't just unfortunately named. It contains actual pig placenta. Apparently it's healthy and tastes like peaches. No alcohol in that, though, so not not totally related. Uh, basil seed drinks. Oh, a few drinks on... Ooh, wasp crackers. Jesus Christ. I thought we had weird stuff here. Um, let's see. Looking in some of the other stuff on this list that Logan posted. We know our bacon vodka. I'm still... Ooh, I'm still trying to find that out here. I haven't found any yet. Um, skip ad. Uh, coca leaf liqueur. Uh, the Yogurito Mau Tai Sorghum Liquor. Now, we're familiar with sorghum because some of the gluten-free beers that I have talked about are sorghum-based. So it gives you that I gives you you know the idea there. The gluten-free cereal grain. Holy shit! 144 proof uh, versus vodka, which is usually 80 proof. So that that'll fuck you up there. Snake whiskey. I know I've talked about that before. Uh. Polke. I don't know if I'm even pronouncing that right. P-U-L-Q-U-E. An ancient beverage of Aztec origin. A white, viscous, slightly fizzy fermented spirit made from the sap of the... (laughs) Make your jokes. Maguey. M-A-G-U-E-Y. A a cactus native to Mexico. Uh, Tequila, the other famous Mexican liquor, is made from the sweet juice of the cactus, but it's distilled rather than fermented to reach its alcoholic state. So, it, it, it shares a little bit more in common with beer than it does with yeah, hard liquor. Hungarian fruit brandy. That sounds good. Advocat. Much like eggnog, a custard-like Dutch liqueur made from brandy, egg yolks, vanilla, cinnamon, and sugar. Wow. I mean, I've, I've seen... Wow. Ooh. I've seen some strange... I, I've seen I've seen eggnog liqueurs, though. So I'm, I, that, that doesn't surprise me as much. Kind of a variation. Milk and maple vodkas, a mixture of milk sugar and spring water, maple syrup for the milk sugar. Kvass, I know I've mentioned that before, and I think I think Dennis said he's had kvass before, fermented bread li- uh, liquor. Pruno, <laughs> prison wine. And the last one, Sinar, artich- artichoke liqueur. Ugh. Artichoke bitter flavored with 13 different herbs and plants, the most prominent of which is the Sinar scolimus, or artichoke. Mainly served as an after-dinner digestive in Italy and as a mixer in Brazil and the U.S. 16.5% alcohol, tastes bitter strong, and reminiscent of copper pennies. That is an interesting one. I'm surprised I had not seen those before. Thank you for that, Logan. Ooh, jeez. Okay, Okay, this is why Logan is employed by Newsy, because she just, she apparently knows everything. I think, you know what, at this link that Logan just posted, alcohol and drinking facts in states across the U.S., I almost want to, I think I just want to bookmark this, because I can save pieces of this for all the time. Let's see, let me, let me look at New Jersey and see what interesting facts it says here. Princeton University officials confiscated T-shirts bearing slogans sympathetic to playing alcohol drinking games in violation of students' constitutional rights to free speech. This is just censorship of speech, and the university, especially as an academic community that values academic freedom, should not be censoring speech, said Dr. Andrew Apple, uh, professor of computer science. Computer science professor talking about this? That's weird. 
The confiscation of printed materials before they can be distributed constitutes prior restraint, which is a very severe form of censorship. He emphasized that prior restraint of a publication, the T-shirts, is really antithetical to the academic values of a university. <laughs> like Dennis says in the chat, though, but weed is okay. Yeah. Oh, is that? Let me see. Let me scroll up to Alaska. It is illegal to feed a moose any alcoholic beverage. And that's a shame because, you know, sometimes a moose just wants to get fucked up. Mm. Apparently they can't hold their alcohol. Ah, that's Alabama. Let's go to Minnesota. Huh. Public intoxication is a crime in Pennsylvania, but specifically not a crime in Minnesota. That is, well, that explains a lot of what goes on with Mitch. Yeah. Um... Let's see. Damn, that's a good list. Thank you, thank you for that, Logan. You're you are killing it today. Wow. Um. Okay. This is this is a this is a topical one for the way some of the weather's been around us. Uh, why do mosquitoes bite some more some people more than others? Well, beer does factor into that apparently. Just a single 12-ounce bottle of beer can make you more attractive to the insects, one study found. But even though researchers had suspected this was because drinking increases the amount of ethanol excreted in sweet, uh, sweet in sweat, or because it increases body temperature, neither of these factors were found to correlate with mosquito landings, making their affinity for drinkers something of a mystery. And that makes perfect sense, because the last time I was out in a field um, for fireworks a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, last week, whatever, uh, I had had some beer that day. My wife had not had anything to drink. And of course the mosquitoes were completely devouring me and completely staying away from her. She couldn't understand it. Well, now I understand it because I pretty much sweat alcohol at this point. Ah, <laughs> uh. <laughs> yeah, Dennis has perfect tagline alcohol by volume. Sometimes a moose just wants to get fucked up and wow. Uh, <laughs> And apparently, m- moose, moose, moosen, <laughs> meese, moose, moose, meese want the food. A drunken moose ends up stuck in a Swedish apple tree. This was uh, back in September of 2011. Oh, wow. A moose got stuck in a tree after eating fermented apples. Oh, poor moose. Oh, my God. Let me post that in the chat. Oh, oh. that... But uh, shit, that's that's a moose that had a good time. That's a moose that had a damn good time. Ah, wow. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, it was freed from the tree. When dawn came the day after it was freed from the tree, the moose had not yet left. The person said, when I went out for the newspaper, it was still laying there on the ground sleeping. By the time I left for work, it was walking around the neighbor's yard on very shaky legs. Today, the moose came back and walked around the yard. I think it likes it here. Wow, that is... Ooh, that is a hell of a fucking hangover. Oh my god. Hey, and Dennis has Dennis has an excellent point. Perhaps Dutch is part moose. He is always yelling moosen. Uh Okay. So let me cross that off. Pint glasses so popular they need security tags. I don't quite understand why this is like that, but and, you know, it would help if I actually made sure I had that link open, too. Uh, 
Let's see here. Do, do, do. Yeah, I'm prepared here. These, okay, you know the security tags you have on clothes from stores and everything, the ones that they got to demagnetize or whatever. It, the thing that pops them off your clothes so they don't spray ink everywhere. Let me post. Let me see if I have the, the image here. Ugh, god damn it. Here we go. Well, apparently there's this pub in... Copar, or I'm sorry, it's a cider maker Coparberg. I eh, fuck. I don't know where they're based out of, but they actually put these tags on their pint glasses. I guess they got so popular that people just had to take them. Well, now if they try and take them, let's see what it says. More than a hundred meters from the bar, the tag explodes ink. So this bar, this bar owner. Again, from cider maker Coparberg. If you try and leave the bar with the glass, ink explodes all over you. And yeah, of course, you know, you're going to be the douchebag covered in ink. But uh, I don't know. That just, that just, that just feels, I, I would not want to be drinking from something like that. I, totally superficial, but uh, one of the comments on this article actually has the perfect point. I get why they're doing this, but alcohol plus ink spewing anti-theft devices equals a lot of really bad drunk pranks. And, uh, yeah, it is, I don't know, it's kind of weird. Different looking, but I don't, I don't, you know. Yeah, it's okay. Mitch has the perfect, you know, thing there. He said he would put it in girls' purses just for funsies. Yeah, the the number of pranks you could do with that i mean or honestly i mean those things the the ink in it is all in that um that like square kind of like i guess you could call it almost like a belt buckle kind of thing if you go beyond that 100 feet couldn't you probably direct the ink spray in a certain direction i've never i've never had one of those open on me so i'm not 100% sure how those explode but you would think, oh, that that just that just seems like a recipe for disaster there. But fun disaster. Uh, I'll do one more story, and then I'm gonna hit break. Uh, beer drinking king dies in competition tragedy. Well, if you're gonna go out drinking, uh, might as well go out drinking beer. Apparently. Let's see. He had 13 pints in 20 minutes. Uh, shortly after winning the beer drinking prize at a festival in Spain's Murcia region, Joaquin Alcaraz Gracia began to vomit. Before that, he was fine, explained Antonio Alcaraz, told... Uh, wow. They proofed this. The local Spain's News in English. So I'll read this as it's written. Before that, he was fine, explained Antonio Alcaraz, told Spanish newspaper Hoy... He had drunk six liters of beer when he won. He lifted the trophy. Then he just started to vomit without stopping, and he never spoke again. Well, apparently, he had a heart attack. The guy was described as obese. The beer and the vomiting probably did not help things, but the vomiting probably ultimately led to the heart attack, and yeah. Ugh. And yes, Dennis, a recipe for disaster tastes... Well, it tastes like an IPA, so not very good. Not very good at all. Uh, when he arrived in the emergency unit, his vital signs were very weak. Uh, he died shortly afterwards. 
Further festivities have been suspended. Local authorities have also called for a three-day official period of mourning. That ties into another link that I saw in this article. It was from back in May. This, I just, I found very, very disturbing. Um, I don't want to actually cue this up, so let me see if I can get this into another window. If anybody wants to watch this video, uh, warning, it's kind of disgusting. But basically, Spain had a video warning binge drinkers not to binge drink. So the tagline the narrator said was, every time you get drunk, you push away the people that matter to you, like your girlfriend. This guy comes back from a night of drinking, starts puking, and then actually pukes up his girlfriend. You have to watch this video. Um, And damn... For for the podcast listeners, it, it's I'll try and post it on the Facebook groups if you want to see this. Very not safe for work, just because it's fucking disgusting, and I don't know Spanish, so I can't you know try and tell you. Search out Campania de Centabilisian numero forty three spot two. I don't know. I need Kitty here to say it. Um, but ugh, really, really, but it, it's one of those ads that probably pissed enough people off that it got good attention. Um, the director of FAD told La Information that Spain's drinking habits had changed from Mediterranean style, so I'm assuming, you know, little after-dinner drinks, stuff like that, to Nordic-style binge drinking. So, yeah, those fucking Belgians. What the fuck? This was partly the result of much longer opening hours, but also in part a, a shift to a situation where being drunk is no longer frowned upon. So, definitely a bit of a difference from the U.S. where they still frown upon our behaviors. Um, there's actually another one on this site too. I might post that one too, but it's a, um, a young woman spews up her father. Same concept, just vomit, vomit, vomit. Really gross. Um, <laughs> Marianne watched the video. See, it, it's it's very creative. I'll, I'll post it in the Facebook group, or if Marianne wants to post it there too. Cornax has the perfect description. It's like birth, but less disgusting. It is... Uh, it's, it's an effective, effective ad because it's one of those that just, it does make you cringe. So, but nothing nothing like that would ever air here in the U.S. It, it, it's amazing. Like, some, some of the ads we probably remember from the past, some of the anti-drug ads and stuff like that, they wouldn't fly nowadays. Think of the, you know, um, just the, the classic, uh, this is your brain on drugs, you know, frying pan, blah, 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 you know, and... You know, smash everything. Who was that chick that did it? I don't know. But that kind of stuff, you would have somebody complaining about that because, well, maybe this maybe this trivializes, you know, domestic violence too because, you know, frying pan and all smashing around the house. And I, I, I could think of any number of things where people would complain about those ads from the past. It That stuff just it doesn't fly here because there's always going to be one person that's going to complain about it. At least in Europe, it's apparently still effective, and they let it go through. So after the break, uh, let's see. Craft Brew Alliance issues voluntary recall of 2,500 cases of square mile cider. Uh, Let's see. Some orange beers that are apparently popping up. There's one that I've had that wasn't on this list. Smoky Summer Beers and uh, Minnesota name number 10 Craft Beer State. 
And of course, new beer reveals and releases. I have uh, another pumpkin one coming up because you know I love my pumpkin beers. And if if I'm lucky, I may have a uh, a, a caller call in after the break that uh, will I don't know maybe talk about their uh, particular drinking likes and dislikes and whatnot, perhaps. So, of course, it would help if I actually you know queued up a break, right? Um, This fucking computer. It's killing me today. Uh, You would think that the solid state drive would help things run a little bit more smoothly. Okay. I will be back after these short messages. Alcohol by volume. Kevin Show. Hey. Hey. It's the name of the show. Hey. Live Radio. Fellas, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you'll get 50% off just about any item. But that's not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs for a little inspiration. Plus, a free extra gift so sensual, we can't mention it on the radio. And to top it all off, we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, we're not teasing. So check out adamandeve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type DEAL48 for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. Just use offer code DEAL48 at adamandeve.com. Do you like video games? Are you a little antisocial? Well, listen to Antisocial Gamer Radio. Tuesdays from 3 to 5 on morelikeradio.com. Join Marianne and Kitty on Daytime Divas, where Marianne's milkshake brings all the creepers to the yard, and their life is better than yours. Damn right, it's better than yours. I could teach you, but I have to charge. Daytime Divas, Thursdays at 8 a.m. on morelikeradio.com. The Conti and Kenny Show. My father, he's the worst. He'll ask for something, but he's, and he always, he'll ask you, like he asked if we had uh, measuring tape, but he always goes, you got measuring tape? No. I'm like, could you let me answer first? <laughs> <laughs> Automatically knows Always you don't. Always does that. <laughs> just assumes that. Yeah. You, just, you got anything we need? No, you don't. No. He would just go, <laughs> you got a measure tape? No. I'm like, then no. <laughs> Apparently we don't. Oh, no man. Shadamas knows that we don't have the measuring tape. Oh, you ever put curtains up? You got screws? And no. He, he cuts that all the time. He'll, he'll be like, hey, did you uh, call about the medical bill? No. I'm like, you know what? Why'd you ask? Why'd you ask? <laughs> he just called it. You fired you up. Know. You just called to get your fire. Yeah. That's Fucking it. Jonathan Edwards. You're a negative Jonathan Edwards. <laughs> Don't even ask. Hey, did you go to work today? No. All right, then fuck you. <laughs> Always does that. Oh, Always does that. The Conti and Kenny Show. Monday nights, 7 to 10 on morelikeradio.com. Hi, I'm Kenny from Lust and Love, where we like to talk about everyday topics. 
Everyone was getting shit-faced and they were stroking my dickhead. <laughs> my fucking vagina is swollen! Okay? I think my favorite place is the anus. Of course I'd pop that pussy. <laughs> she said she had her ass cheeks spread out. And uh, she was, uh, you know, putting the wax on it. And as soon as she went to go pull the wax off, she went... Listen to us live Mondays from 10 to midnight on morelikeradio.com. Punto com. Hey, you. Yes, you guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. It's right there on the right, stupid. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. The credibility that they are using as a bouncer at a Colombian strip club. Credibility. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, that's hilarious. Let's say it three more times. (laughs) 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 Oh god, save you. Gotta save my soul. Wow, but down, bow, down. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Mark Out Radio Live Sundays at 2 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Two wrestling marks who surprisingly don't have a lot of nice things to say about Hulk Hogan. They should bring Hogan back and let Norton kick the fuck out of him. Hogan hours sucked. But now it just seems like everyone's kicking out everyone's finishers for no reason whatsoever. You're making me embarrassed over here. Oh, they're fans. I gotta say, the person I masturbate the most to on more like radio is Big T. My boner's so huge right now. Go away. Just stop. I don't even care. It's in... in... And that's Mark Out Radio live Sundays from 2 to 4 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Now I'm, now I'm realizing that this is all going to be on fucking podcast. Oh, boy. I told yeah, you. We were try- I was trying to warn you the whole time. Dude, I don't care. I'm voluntarily Skyping into you. Use us to make a promo. I don't care. No. Mm-hmm. Like I said, my fiance doesn't listen. Dutch got drunk one night. Well, he gets drunk every night. But he got drunk one night, and I used it as a promo. Why not? Use this into a promo. I, I give everyone permission to turn this audio into a promo. I don't care. He also used Drunk Me for a promo, too. You remember? Do, I, I, yeah. Punch AJ, it. you play it every week. I do. Folks at home, radio gold like this happens every Sunday and Thursday at midnight on 360 on 420, only on morelikeradio.com.
Andy here from Basically a Sports Show, airing Sunday nights from 8 to 10, only on MoreLikeRadio.com, giving you your weekly fix of sports talk like no one else. This is all great until the Sedine sisters are skating around with the cup next June. You know? I, I and, first and of all, the Sedine sisters thing, it needs to stop. I well, know, but I'm new to it. I just started it's, this year. It's a, so. meat, it's a meatball fan thing to say. It's like... Yeah, the, the Sedine sisters. It's because they're sick because they're girls. What? <laughs> Being a Southern California sports fan, I've heard from plenty of people that have moved down here that people in the East, whether it's Boston or New York, they just care about the sports more. That's bullshit. They, they, they're better sports fans because they care more. It means- no, but see, that's the thing. All the ones I've met, they don't care anymore. They're just they're loud. vocal and they swear a lot and they get really pissed off about stuff that just doesn't matter. When has there ever been good NBA officiating? <laughs> I mean, it's just that officiating has been since the beginning of basketball, since Naismith put a fucking ball into a peach basket, some official made a bullshit call. <laughs> you know, so there, there was some guy off to the side calling a foul. <laughs> right. That foul right out of the gate. Basically a sports show. Every Sunday night at 8, only on morelikeradio.com. Hey, listeners. Yes, that means you. Missed your favorite More Like Radio shows live? No problem. Just go to morelikeradio.com slash downloads. That's morelikeradio.com slash downloads. More Like Radio's RSS feed works with your iThings, Zooms, Androids, Windows Phone, and anything else that can subscribe to an RSS feed. If you're so awesome that you only get your podcasts from iTunes, you can subscribe to our feed in iTunes by clicking the subscribe to iTunes link right on the downloads page. So what are you waiting for? Download More Like Radio podcasts and subscribe to our feed now. Yes, right now. Do it. MoreLikeRadio.com Because mean people need to laugh too. What can I get for you? I'm going to have a melon ball and, a, and some tequila. And let's start a tap. You got it. <laughs> and keep it open. My friends can't make it. Here I am, stuck with all these premium tequila shots, so... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're drinking. No. My name's Sandy. Hi, Sandy. Oh, cheers. Okay. Cheers. Mm. Let's get another round. Who cares? She's buying free drinks. And hour number two of Alcohol by Volume on morelikeradio.com. Join us in the chat, morelikeradio.com slash live. If uh, people want to call in, Skype is alcohol by volume or our new phone number 862-345-7125. That's 862-ALCOHOL. And I'll try not to you know, fuck up Skype as I clearly, clearly did in uh, the promo of mine. Yeah. Dennis did amazing editing on that. I got to thank him for that. Um, there was one thing I wanted to mention at the start of the show. This is completely non-beer related. But I figure it falls into the whole stuff aspect of the show. I 
as most guys or as many guys may deal with during the summer. When I'm shaving, I get rashy as fuck on my neck. Very, very, very annoying. And I've tried, you know, the different Gillette razors, you know, three blades, four blades, ten blades, whatever. Uh, electric razors, multiple ones. And nothing alleviates it. Uh, you know, I have all the balms and aftershaves and all that shit. Nothing. So I'm, I, I caved in and I finally decided to go with a safety razor. Just like the old school, you put, you know, you open the thing up, put the razor in kind of thing. I was just curious if any of the other, any of the guys listening have uh, used a safety razor before because I have not shaved with it yet. I got it today and I'm scared that I'm going to like just slice open my jugular. I know Roy Black on Crack says use hot water. You know, I've, I've heard it both ways where use hot water or use cold water and I've done it both ways and no matter what. Initially, I'll be fine and give it a little bit of time. Um, especially in the summer. The winter, I'm, I'm not as bad, but any little bit of sweat and boom, I'm done. Rubbing balm on there, rubbing aloe on there. Just I actually, I actually had an ice pack that one night I just wanted to sit and watch TV without scratching my neck repeatedly. I just put an ice pack on my goddamn neck. So I'm just curious, completely off topic from, from beers. Um, if anybody has used safety razor and, you know, pros and cons with it, I figure the blades are cheaper, a lot cheaper. Mitch says he's dry shaved with disposables and had no problems because he's a man. Well, your beard is evidence of that, sir. But yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I've always had problems with that. At least, at least I can grow facial hair. I feel better, you know, about that. You know, unlike people like I don't know, like you know, Sidney Crosby. You know, fuck him. Ugh. Um, there was one story that I completely forgot about, and. Wanted to get into that a little bit. I had, I had mentioned something about not necessarily worker safety in craft brewing, but employee treatment and stuff like that. I, some weeks back, I know I it was um I I don't want to disparage any one brewery, but it was it was either Stone or Rogue that had a problem with you know, just treating employees like shit, just basically being douchebags to them. And yes, my facial hair is smooth and silky, just like my, you know, blonde eyelashes. But apparently craft brewing does have a bit of a worker safety problem. I was actually pretty surprised by this. The way this article starts, it's an article from uh, Reuters. Welder Mark Moynihan crawled down a narrow tube into the space of a car interior to seal the crack in the fermentation tank at Calhoun's Barbecue and Brewery in Knoxville, Tennessee. The space was oversaturated with oxygen. He lit his torch, and a flash fire erupted. His hair and clothing disintegrated immediately. Moynihan, a contractor for the craft brewery, dragged himself up the tube and out of the vat while still on fire, suffering serious burns over much of his body, and he died 75 days after the 2009 accident just before his 40th birthday. And it was not an isolated incident. Now... From 2009 to 2012, apparently at least four people died in craft brewery accidents in the U.S. compared with two deaths at large breweries that make ten times more beer. The interesting thing about this is that they have not had a lot of reported injuries. They've had the four deaths in that three-year span, 
Not the injuries, though. However, apparently there are also four times as many safety violations at craft breweries in recent years than at large breweries. Uh, You almost got to think that there may still be some safety violations at the large breweries, but they're able to, you know, you know, uh, grease the palms with some cash. You never know. Uh, brewery experts say the safety oversight at smaller companies is worse than official statistics might suggest because injuries, even severe ones, often go unreported. So the the numbers of injuries, it may be skewed. It's, it's really hard to say. Um, let's see. State inspectors and in OSHA found... Uh, let's see, which... which uh, found... 547 violations, including 250 serious ones at craft breweries between 2003 and 2011. Uh, Officials fined the small brewers in aggregate $220,000 for violations ranging from failing to enclose sprockets and chains to not ensuring machinery was disabled when an employee was inside. That would scare the shit out of me. If I'm climbing inside a machine, you're damn right I'm making sure it's turned off. By comparison, large brewers such as Anheuser-Busch and Coors had 151 violations, including 69 serious ones during the same period. Um, oh, okay. Here's here's another, uh, I think this was a, was this an injury or a fatality? I think this, yeah, this was a fatality. An employee of Red Hook Brewery, I mentioned Red Hook before, in Portsmouth, uh, New Hampshire, died when a keg he was cleaning with compressed air exploded and hit him. An OSHA investigation found the airline lacked a device that would keep the pressure in the keg at safe levels. The brewery's owner, the Craft Brew Alliance, was fined $44,000 for that and a series of other safety violations. Sebastian Pastore, vice president of operations for the Craft Brew Alliance, said the incident was a freak accident involving a plastic keg dropped off by a customer to be refilled. I would not want to clean a plastic keg with compressed air. That just that seems like a bad idea. And Roy Black on Cracks. And I, oh, I hate the fact that I have not seen this movie yet. I haven't. I've never watched it. I need to. He says, I imagine accidents like the fat guy from Beer Fest who drowned in a beer tank. Um, well, shit, what, wasn't that in... Um, didn't didn't that almost happen in Strange Brew, too? I'm trying to remember that now. Um, where he had to drink all the beer and then finally got out of there and was like, I really have to pee. I think... If I remember correctly, that was Strange Brew. It's been so long since I've seen the movie. Of course, in the chat, Mitch and Marianne are talking about making food. Um, yes, and Dennis chimes in. Also, cleaning the barrel of a loaded gun with safety off is a good idea. Yeah, I mean, I, I've watched I've watched so many episodes of Dirty Jobs where Mike Rowe has to get in and clean some crazy machinery, and he dives in there. <laughs> He dives in there, Mitch picking on Dennis's uh, typos, and is in a machine that you know has a lot of moving parts, and uh, you're damn sure they make sure that the thing is off, power's cut to it and everything, and I know you're listening, Marianne. It's fine. Don't worry. <sighs> Sherry's not, though. She's more interested in making food. That's fine. But in the article, it, it does state that few injuries are reported, so there, there still could be a skew there that they're not reporting it. Um, despite the number of violations and death, OSHA data only shows two serious injuries at craft breweries since 2002, both at the same one. Two workers were burned in separate incidents at Ballast Point Brewing in San Diego. 
and it was both in July 2010 and August 2010. Uh, yeah, apparently brewers often don't know that many states require them to report serious injuries. Uh, let's see, who is that name? I got to go back in the article. I, I'm not even cross-referencing. Uh, four burn cases that were never reported each required skin grafts and months of treatment. So it's hard to say whether the injuries are disproportionately low or if they're just being not reported. Uh, somebody else said, in one of those cases, with the burn cases, Terry Ferendorf was working her first job as a rookie brewmaster at a now-closed San Francisco brewery in 1989 when she used a kettle that was too small to cook wort. The boiling wort spilled out of the kettle and into Ferendorf's knee-high rubber boots. Doctors took strips of skin, I'm sorry, from her head to graft onto her foot. Now, you gotta think, yeah, craft breweries... They're smaller. They're not making as much money. They're able. You know, they 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 sometimes figure they gotta cut corners here and there. Obviously, the big breweries. There's a reason why they're not getting as many OSHA complaints. Even like even if you assume that they're not greasing any palms, they can afford to make sure everything is proper. Frankly, the fact that let's see what was the number up here. That Anheuser Busch and Coors had 151 violations in that. Let's see, 2003 to 2011. The in that eight-year period, the fact that they had 151 violations, including 69 serious ones during that same period, that's actually a little bit more frightening because they have the money to prevent those things. The craft brewers, they, it, it it's a shame, but sometimes they, you know, money money being the way it is. They are cutting those corners to be able to, you know, make payroll, to be able to make a profit. Well, okay, this sprocket doesn't necessarily need to be covered. We'll just, you know, let the guys know. Be careful around that. Things like that. So there, there does seem to be a problem going on in craft breweries, but it, it, it's it's a money thing. You can probably look at, say. A, I'm trying to think of a regular muffler shop like a, a Tuffy or a Mako or something like that uh, versus, you know, Bob's Muffler. Which one do you think is going to have more OSHA violations? Obviously, it's probably going to be Bob's Muffler because he's not bringing in the kind of money that the chains are. Um, Walmart versus, you know, Mom's... Uh, grocery shop. I don't know. I can't. I can't think. I can't think on my toes like the great John Sanzari can. But I, th- I honestly think that's that's the way it is with that. It is a problem, but maybe there need to be incentives for these craft breweries to really keep things as safe as possible. Yeah, I don't know if it's some kind of tax incentive, a tax incentive that you know if you have. Fewer than you know such and such amount of violations in a certain you know period of time, you get this tax benefit. Something like make some kind of incentive. You would think that you know the health of people would be enough of an incentive, but apparently it's not, and it's kind of scary, especially depending on you know some of the behaviors at some of the craft breweries that I had read in the past that it's that they are not great, great working environments, and that you really have to love it. Um. 
I'm <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to follow the chat. I have no idea what's going on. If if you can if you can fill me in and let me know, morelikeradio.com slash live. Uh, mentioned this before the break. Craft Brew Alliance issues voluntary recall of 2,500 cases of square mile cider. This kind of ties into craft brewing uh, safety. The only reason I'm mentioning this is just in case anybody that listens to me happens to drink square mile cider. Uh, like I said, 2,500 cases recalled product was sold in retail locations in California, Oregon, and Washington, limited to two products packaged on or before May 15, 2013. The... Uh, 22-ounce bottles Square Mile Original Hard Apple Cider and 22-ounce bottles of Square Mile Spur and Vine Hopped Apple Cider. Apparently, the first production run may be re-fermenting in the bottle, which may cause the bottles to burst under certain circumstances and can lead to potential flavor inconsistencies. I'm more worried about the bottles bursting. But... They're doing the recall. You know, you Got to respect them for that. Uh, and then a couple pseudo lists here. Oh, dear God. What the hell? Random picture. Um, oh, see, Cornax has been listening. Thank you, Cornax. And he, he chimes in that safety razors have a less chance of causing rash, but you generally have to do three times the work. So I, I, I can appreciate that, Cornax. I... I I heard that you got to kind of move a little bit more slowly, a little bit more patiently with that. You can't just scrape it across your face like you do the other razors, but you're not going to get that you know rash necessarily. I, I even I even got the brush and the bowl with the little soap, and that is a terribly terribly random picture, Marianne. Good lord! Now, is that a tall cup in that guy's? To describe to the podcast listeners, Marianne posted this picture of this guy that has his earlobe so stretched out that he can actually put his hand and wrist through it. He has a Starbucks cup kind of stretched into one of them. I'm trying to figure out if it's a tall or a uh, grande. I'm not 100% sure, but good God, that is a frightening, frightening thing. He has some kind of um, uh, lower... (laughs) Mitch, that is not a venti. I I, I know the proportions of the venti, (laughs) but... Uh, he has some kind of lip piercing that he apparently also has it uh, wrapped around. Jesus Christ! <laughs> random, random, random. I, I never, I never, I never understood the whole ear stretching thing. I, I, I won't begrudge the guy for it, but I just never understood it. Sherry, Sherry has the perfect reaction for it. His poor mother. His poor mother's probably dead, unfortunately, <laughs> or maybe fortunately for her. Um. Okay, yep. Uh, Logan confirms who she's saying the grande. See, I wasn't quite sure, because the tall and the grande look very, very similar when you, you know, just look at them from a distance. But there's there's a little bit of, uh, you know, obviously there's a slight height difference, and, you know, there's a little bit of a thickness difference with them. And, okay, Mitch posted a picture of a puppy in the chat. That makes us all feel better. <laughs> We're going to get puppies in the chat now. Either that or bacon or ribs, you know, as is the style with this show. So, a little bit here. Just uh, I've I've talked about how some of the summer trends with beer. It's been lemon beers, your shandy stuff like that, or you could just generally, you know, you know say some. Well, okay, I, I went in a completely roundabout direction there. 
lemon beers, blueberry beers, as I was mentioning before. To a lesser degree, some of the peach beers, those have been starting to pop out. This, in on draftmag.com, they're going into orangey beers. Now, I know, for instance, Line and Kugel has their orange shandy, which I have not tried because it's only in that variety pack, and I refuse to buy that. I'm hoping I can find it in, uh, like, a pick-a-six-pack or something. But they have a few here. I don't believe I have... Well, I, I take it back. I have had at least one of these. The Let's see. It's Thomas Creek Orange Blossom Pilsner, Thomas Creek Orange Blossom Pilsner 2, which is higher alcohol level, Four Hands Pyrus Saison, Sam Adams Little White Rye, which I have had. This, they're going with the orange peel angle of it. Orange peel, coriander, sage. Uh, Hanger 24 Local Fields Essence Double IPA. Four, contact, or four Hands Contact High. They say the dankest and bitterest of the bunch. Orange, orange zest uh, lends some slickness to the mouthfeel. And they also added an apricot one in there. Wasatch Apricot Hefeweizen. I love apricot beers, and I'm not an apricot fan per se. But there are a couple that I have had that aren't on the list. One of them, um, Buffalo Bill's Orange Blossom Cream Ale. It's got a great smell to it. Very creamy orange smell. The taste doesn't live up to it. It's worth a try, especially if you can find it and build a six-pack. But getting a full six-pack of it is probably not worth it. Now, another one not on the list, I actually had it at the last festival I was at. I've I've seen it under two different names, either Orange Cream or Orange Creamsicle. And apparently it's only available on draft. I haven't seen it in bottles. I wasn't even able to find it on Beer Advocate, so I think it's very limited kind of thing. But it's from Defiant Brewing out of Pearl River, New York. And it honestly does taste like Creamsicle, but... It doesn't overpower the beer. I, I think I probably mentioned it in the the show that followed that that festival. But if you like creamsicle and you like beer, it's actually a combination that works. It's one of those weird combinations. You think like those uh, dark chocolate oranges, those ones you, you you take it, you smash it down, and then the slices spread out. It is a strange combination that works, and it's it's orange done really well. And why is that monkey drinking? Why is that crab drinking? Uh, now we have all sorts of animals drinking in the chat. Uh, tiger going after a keg. Uh, is that a ferret drinking beer? I can I can respect that. Uh, is that and that's an otter holding a bottle of Bud Light. Uh, apparently, Hammy uh, holding <laughs> not Hammy, but looks like Hammy sort of holding two bottles of Bud Light with his nipples. There's a little dog in a beer stein uh, interspersed with some creepy ear stretching and stuff. And <laughs> See, you, you got you got to love the chat because we're get, now we're just getting pictures of animals drinking beer. It's wonderful. I love it. I love it. Um so, that was that whole list. It, a lot of those beers I don't even think I get in my area. I think I've seen Thomas Creek stuff, but I don't know if I've seen Orange Blossom Pilsner. Four Hands, I don't think we get in the area. Hangar 24, I don't think we get in the area. Wasatch, I am familiar with it, but again, I don't know if I've actually seen it. So, I gotta keep better track of these things. I, I wish there was some kind of just 
all-purpose distribution list, so I kind of see, okay, you know, this beer does distribute to this area. There's probably somebody that's made a chart out there, but I haven't been able to find it yet. I know, for instance, I was trying to find out, like, what has, what distributes out to um, Minnesota, you know, looking at stuff for Mitch, without having to go brewery by brewery. I ended up, I looked up um, Weyerbacher Brewery. So I love Weyerbacher. They got some good stuff. And I wanted to see if they distribute to Minnesota. Well, yes, they do. So there's no point in me putting any kind of Weyerbacher in there. So I got to kind of do some research on that. If anybody knows of any kind of distribution database or something that somebody's put together, post in the Facebook group. Let me know on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. It would be greatly appreciated. Because that that would even just be useful for me personally, so I know if I, you know, see a new beer release kind of thing, I'll know if I should even bother looking out for it or just realize eh, I'm never going to see it. Um, you know, like I have that problem with the bacon vodka where I know it's in New York, but I've never seen it out here, and I still occasionally check the vodka selections out here, but I never have any luck. Okay, and then uh, let's see the last. Last list here. As my beer foams over, wonderful. Thank you, beer. Ah, uh, that is why I have coasters. Smoky summer beers. One of them on this list, I believe I actually mentioned last week. Fort Collins Bambostic Rock Beer, uh, Great American Brewfest Gold Medalist. Uh, it's perfect introduction to smoked beers. Now. I don't know if they are actually planning on bottling that. However, Fort Collins is going more into uh, smoky beers. They're going to have a limited series that explores wood-smoked malts, so they're going to have at least three smoky releases per year. Again, I'm trying to remember if I have seen Fort Collins out here. I'm not 100% sure. Some of the beer names tend to blend together. For instance, you look at New Planet, you look at New Glarus. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. There, there are some that just... I know there's another Fort something out there. They blend together. I gotta check and see if I can find that, because I do love me a smoky beer, like the Eich Schlenkerla Rock beer. I like the uh, Urbach. I like it better than the Marzen. Uh, a few others on this list. Hold on. And try and control my beer so it doesn't actually foam this time. Um... Oh Jesus! Why do they Why do they give me these Norwegian words with far too many vowels? Handbrejerit Norwegian wood, inspired by Norway's forgotten smoky farmhouse ales. This gruit steeped on fruity, woody juniper berries. And remember juniper berries because there's actually a I believe in my new beer releases. Yep, that has a juniper berry twist to it. And it's actually probably one that's going to get a good mass release. Um, Woody juniper berries and twigs that accent a wave of campfire smoke. Um, I believe this is from Epic Brewing. Epic smoked and oaked. Uh, if you get Epic Brewing in your area, you've probably seen some of their like brainless on what was it brainless on cherries, brainless on peaches. I know they have a I think a blueberry one, a blackberry one, you know stuff kind of like that. Um, but this one. Smoked and oaked, 10% alcohol, barrel-aged, cherrywood-smoked Belgian ale, a blend of figs, cherries, toffee, and pepper. That one sounds good. I would definitely, definitely, definitely drink that. 
but you know, look at me. I'll drink just about anything. Make sure the chat's not exploding. Oh, okay, yeah, there's a woman with a wine glass in her mouth, and oh, a duck in a wine glass. Oh my god. Oh, a cat in a wine. Jeez, and a drunk armadillo and a cat. Jeez, why are those guinea pigs drinking and a groundhog drink? Fuck, I recognize that beer bottle, and I, uh, I can't remember what it is. A drunk uh, raccoon and a cat. Wow. Just, what, what do you, I guess I guess all of you, all of you do is search for animals and beer, or um, drunk animals, perhaps. I wonder if there's any more uh, drunk moosin. Uh, let's see here. Trying to see if there's any other. Here's here's another from Four Hands. It's, uh, damn, I wish I I wish I knew if they distributed here. Brewed with smoked malt, rye, and maple syrup, this porter expresses winter warmer flavors like rich chocolate, uh, sweet maple, spicy rye, and earthy smoke, but boasts a warmer weather, six percent alcohol by volume. And then a few other uh, smoked, a couple smoked Bach, uh, blind bat, Vlad the Inhaler. This tart take on a Grotzer, which is the style from Graz, Poland. A puckering but approachable oak and grill-like smoke balance, lemon and wheat. I I enjoy a tart beer. Um, Listerman Fryer Bacon Smoked Bock. Uh, Cincinnati Smoked Bock. Uh, fusion of toasted bread and porky smoke. Perfect with a ham sandwich. Uh, okay. <laughs> Oh, there's just so many pictures in the chat. And you know what? Um just so I'm not just so I'm not uh getting too fidgety around here. Let me um take a really quick impromptu piss break. Nobody call in while I'm uh taking a piss. I'll be right back. I promise, promise, promise. Because I figure I want this last uh, 23 minutes of the show to not be me fidgeting around trying not to piss myself. This is the spot! The Decepticons are using the dam below to stockpile Energon cubes! Megatron must be stopped! Autobots, transform and roll... Hold on a second. Are you okay? Let's get him! I shot the hell out of that guy! Good job, everyone. Megatron was defeated with only 50 humans killed in the crossfire. A new record! Hey, Prowl! Have you noticed how often Prime needs to drain the lizard nowadays? Yeah, he must be French because he's a peon. <laughs> I think that joke goes European. <laughs> but I'm not. Ugh, such a retardicon. And see, the reason I use that clip for when I have to go take a piss is because ha, Optimus Prime has to go, you know, keep unexpectedly peeing, and I like Transformers, so it's a perfect mix of everything. Ha ha ha, yeah, fuck yeah. <sighs> I gotta do something, you know. Drink, drinking this much during a show when it's by myself, I gotta figure out something. At least during the drunk show that we did a few weeks ago, I was able to leave the mic to other people and just run off. Um, 
Ooh, Cornax. Thank you, sir. Seekabrew.com. Let me open that in a new... Actually, that'll probably open a new link by default. Uh, Seekabrew US Distrib... Oh, my God, dude. That is brilliant. Now, there's a spreadsheet. It was last updated at the end of June, so that's perfect. The fact that it was updated this year is fantastic. Oh, Cornex, you are a lifesaver. So if anybody wants to check that out, kind of find out what stuff distributes where, seekabrew.com slash distro slash index.html. I can also post that in the Facebook group, or if Cornex wants to post it in the Facebook group, he is also welcome to do that. He used his wonderful Google Foo. And actually, you know what, Dennis? That that clip, I don't think that clip's longer than the Brass Bonanza one. Um, let me actually look at, uh, in the window here, let me view by details. Oh, it is viewed by details. What the fuck? That one's one minute, eight seconds. Brass Bonanza is... Uh, okay, it, it's longer by four seconds. Four seconds, dude. Four seconds. If I can't, if I can't shake it out in one minute, you know, four, one minute, eight, I have problems. Okay. Ah. So where was I going with this? <laughs> Dennis is looking for Budweiser on that website. And oh, you know what? This was a, a last one that I grabbed at uh, the well, like maybe. Final, 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 final minute before the... Oh, you know what? I'll scrap, scrap that because I'm going to answer this call. Let me bring up my levels here. H- Hello, caller. Yeah, hi, this is Logan. Hello, Logan. Thank you for calling. Hi. So, yeah, I was supposed to call in around 6.30-ish. I mean, sorry, 7.30-ish. Or I really don't know well, what time th- it is over there. Uh, it's okay. Yeah, uh, what was it seven seven forty one or so? so okay, yeah, you're good. Okay, it's six forty here. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, I, I always I f- always forget with time zones and everybody. I know some of the other shows they'll list different time zones, so I get easily easily confused. So yeah, no worry. I, I I'm curious, like what, like I'm I'm sure some of the MLR listeners want to know, and and for people that don't know, this is the wonderful Logan Tittle from Newsy.com, uh, producer and reporter. Um, what, like, what are your regular drinking habits? I know I've seen some of your stuff on, like, Instagram and things like that. Uh, my drinking habits, they kind of range. It's very, very different. I can go from, like, you know, beer one night to whiskey another to wine. Uh, it really just kind of depends. I like, um, I think I like IPAs a lot. I'm oh. trying to step out of my, my comfort zone with beers because they're, they can just be, it's like wine. They can just be so, 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 so different. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've, I've indulged in a, and ingested enough wine to know exactly what I like there. Um, beers, on the other hand, um, I used to I used to like you know the heavier beers, you know Budweiser, and you know back in high school, all those days. Um, but I think it's definitely changed. It's been more like a like a, a light a lighter kind of beer, but not like the the really hoppy kind either. So I'm just kind of trying to branch out from there. I went to uh, Tennessee earlier this year and visited the Flying Saucer, and they have more than 200 different kinds of beers. Oh, wow. And if you try all of them, you get your own, um, like, giant saucer, which kind of looks like a giant plate, really, and you get it on the wall. Ooh. And some people have multiple ones, so they have tried every beer more than once. <laughs> that that sounds like something <laughs> I could handle. Yeah, it's, I, oh, I... I, I need to I need to be able to travel more to be able to hit places like that because I don't know on, on the East Coast we just don't seem to have like destinations like that. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I oh, I have so tried to get myself into IPAs, and I've I've tried so many different ones, and nothing has really just really hit with me yet. I figure eventually, maybe as I get older, you know, tastes evolve, stuff like that. Because like you, I, I started out with a lot of like the, well, I, I've told the stories on the show before where when, <laughs> when I was younger, I was doing the hard liquor at first, couldn't drink the beer uh-huh. and then, you know, worked my way into like, you know, Bud Light and stuff like that. And now I'm, you know, drinking, you know, big bottles that are like, you know, 13% alcohol and things like that. So like, so you're, you're not like, I know you said you're not into the you know, like truly heavier beers, so like not mm-hmm. a lot of the stouts and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's like I like the India Pale Ales even too, but um, I mean it's it's one of those things where I I just haven't really branched out entirely for me. So many like a lot of pale ales can just kind of taste the same. Yeah. So I've had numerous pale ales, but they all just because they all kind of taste the same. But you said you like smoky beers. I've mm-hmm. never had one of those. There's one that I, I know I've been able to find it out here. And Marianne, for instance, has she was the one that actually introduced me to it. It's it, German name. It's Eichschlenkerla rock beer. If, if you look up a rock beer, spell that for me. Oh, geez, I, I think I actually can too. A e c h t and then s c h l e r n k e r l a. I think I actually did that. But, <laughs> I'm probably have to shazam that later if I can. But but the, the <laughs> style incredible. the style you want to look for it's uh, rock beer R A U C H B I E R and oh, okay and it, basi- it sounds like a German yeah and basically that it like the the one that we've had before it's it, I know they make it in a Urbach they make it in a Marzen and I think there's another variety they have but from the moment you crack open the bottle it, you smell bacon it it is amazing. And oh, it's, wow. And it's not it, it's not a fake kind of bacon smell. It's not overpowering or anything. It's not the kind of thing that you'd want to drink all the time, but every once in a while, you just have that right taste for it. I actually, um, it was a couple weeks ago, I made some beer nuts with that kind of beer, and it imparted the smokiness into the nuts, and it, just a oh, wow. great, great taste. So if, if you're able to find it, Marianne just posted a picture of it in the chat, so that, that actually helps there. But I think that that bottle there, I, I find it for maybe like five ninety nine. So it, it's okay, not not terribly expensive compared to mm-hmm. like Belgian sours that are running like you know twenty five dollars a bottle and things like that. Okay, okay. See, I'm getting, I'm finding another one that's like a Meritzen. Um I guess is that the same thing? The X. God, it's really hard to say. Yeah, exactly. Like in Ralphia. Let's no see. idea. Um, that one, let's see, it's out of, where is that one out of? I think Bamberg, Germany, I think. Bamberg, okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I see it here on the East Coast. Marianne sees it up in the Boston area. So cross my fingers that they'd, they'd have that or some some variety of it where you are. Because mm-hmm. I know- They uh, have some German beers here. I mean, like the Hefeweizen and stuff. Um, but I definitely have not seen that. And I'm definitely going to look for that. That looks fairly interesting. Wow. And then, like, it's dark too. Yeah, it it's it's really good. It's 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 a very strange beer because I know that um, the one from Rogue, the the maple bacon ale. I mean, they try and kind of tout that. That seems more of an artificially kind of flavor, but this one is just pure mm-hmm. pure smokiness. Kind of reminds me of kind of reminds me of a backyard barbecue. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm trying to think of any other unique kind of 
Yeah, because I got all these smoky beers here. Um, let's see. I, I, I oh, I, I want, I want to get into more IPAs and hoppy beers, but I can't. Like one, one really hoppy beer that I tried because everybody said it was fantastic is that um, Lagunitas sucks. I don't know if you've seen that before. No, I haven't. And it, it's one of those, it, it's kind of expensive for a six-pack, and everybody says, oh my God, this is the best. They only make it once a year. And I tried it, just uber, uber hoppy. I, I could not deal with it. Like, one, like I'm more into like the sours lately. I don't know if you've delved into any of those. No, not at all. It's, I'm just, I'm super, like, I'm finding out so much more already just from all of this. It's, I think I'm more picky with beer than anything else, to be honest. Yeah, and, and I don't know why that is. Man, n- n- nothing wrong with that, though. Yeah, I think it's because even, like, I, I think you can say there's probably more varieties. I know there's a lot, a lot of nuances with the wine, mm-hmm. um, but... When it comes down to it, you basically you have your red wine, you have your white wine, and then all the nuances within those. Whereas with the beers, you're ending up with you know all your pretty much you know lagers and ales, and then the just how it spirals out from there. Mm-hmm. But the the Belgian sours, I've, I've been completely into those lately, and it's got that real tart kind of flavor to them. So if mm-hmm. if you if you've ever been into anything like you know. Um, uh, Sour Patch Kids, Sour Warhead, stuff like that. There are some beers that actually kind of emulate that flavor. And You're kidding. Yeah. I think I just have this uh, this standard for beer that it's got to have like it's got to have that kind of beer taste. And having a, a Sour Patch Kid kind of beer doesn't like doesn't really fit that. It's like I really can't get into um um oh gosh I'm I'm blanking right now um. The, the ciders, like I'm just not a fan of ciders. Yeah, like, um, so a lot of them. It, to me, it almost tastes like um, it, it tastes too much like apple juice with a little bit of a bite half the time. There are mm-hmm. so so few ciders that, like it, most of the time, when it's a cider that I like, they've added some other flavor into it anyway. Mm-hmm. But it, the the Belgian sours are weird. That that's kind. It's an acquired taste because I I went from like. Everything stouts, everything stout. Then I was all into fruit beers. Now I'm into the sours. Maybe, hopefully, eventually I'll get into you know hoppier kind of stuff. But it, th- wow. like, um, I think I, I have a friend in Michigan who's just completely all about sours now. But I guess that's that's like the kind of new trend going on. But most of the stuff that is out now is import stuff, so it's kind of prohibitively expensive. Or the domestic breweries charge a premium for them because they can because there aren't a lot of them out there mm-hmm. I mean with I I mean with alcohol in general I mean they're going to charge more especially if it's not straight from the distributor yeah. um, but with you know there's I think there's like more than 400 types of beer or something like around that so I mean there's, there's a lot to get through yeah definitely I mean even like I, I know in my area I have a few different locations that I can do that build a six pack which mm-hmm. is nice if you want to try a bunch of different things. The shame of it, though, is that I don't know if they have like rules from the different breweries, like you can't break up our six-packs to do that, because after a while, it seems like I have actually tried everything that's in those build-a-six-pack shelves. I'm like, okay, what do I do now? Yeah. And a, a lot of the stuff, like you want to be adventurous with it, but you don't want to take a chance on buying an entire six-pack that... Exactly. You may hate, yeah. Especially with some then, of the prices. I mean, then I've got you know 
five or maybe even five and a half, but I don't really want to throw it out. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just sitting in my fridge for so long. I mean, my old roommate, her, she has a six pack of, I think, I'm pretty sure it's Keystone. I mean, I've tried that before. <laughs> I don't want to have it again. That was like piss in a can. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> it's just going to sit in my fridge for the longest time until I finally take it out. Yeah. But or, you know, somebody thing comes over. I actually try and don't like. Yeah. It, like, for, for the most part, yeah, like those beers, it's almost like it's just not. It, it's not worth it at this point. Once you've tasted basically something better, you don't want to dip mm-hmm. back into those. It's kind of like once you have a really, really good burger, you're yeah. a little bit more apprehensive about you know going to McDonald's. Every, exactly. Every so when, often. When you have real food. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Once you have like real beer, you don't want to go back to the other stuff. Once you have real food, you don't want to go back to you know crap. Of course, that mm-hmm. gets expensive after a while. <laughs> So how did how did you get into to talking about beer on the internet? I mean, radio. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm trying to remember exactly how I managed to do this. I I think I just I found some stores here that had great selections, and it started really appealing to me to dip into different types because, like I said, I I was I was more of a you know used to be a Bud Light Bud Light Lime even kind of guy. I, I yeah. Was, I was yeah, I, I was even drinking like MGD sixty four and stuff like that. If I tr- <laughs> if I tried that, that's water. That is pure water at this point. That's why athletes allegedly drink it. Oh wow! <laughs> and I guess it's good for hydration. But and and I started you know kind of dipping into more. Um, there was a point where I felt like Guinness was too heavy for me. Now Guinness is very light to me. But really, I, I just I kind of expanded further. Um, in fact. Um, I'm trying to remember the very first one I tried. I think it was one one that I saw that I really got interested in was Wells Banana Bread Beer. I don't know if you ever tried that before. No, I haven't. That one that one's kind of a favorite among listeners of my show. Uh, it it's pretty easily available. Uh, they have it in either like a kind of larger bottle or in four packs. If you it it, it melds the taste of banana and beer pretty well. It, it sounds strange, but even even Mitch who hates just about everything seems to like it um but i think one of the ones i dipped into first i think it was like rogue hazelnut ale and i thought okay i i like hazelnut i'll try this and from there it just kind of progressed and then i was listening to a lot of other mlr shows and at the same time while i was listening to them i was drinking and i was like you know what Uh, you know maybe i could do a show or something like that i kind of did a test show and now I think I'm on my what like 26th show or something. I started back in the end of January, and just uh-huh. kind of just kind of progressed from there. But the, the great thing about it is that at the beginning when I started the show, I really like you know I I drank every so often. You know I wasn't you know crazy with it like I am now, um, but I didn't really know a whole lot. And as I was doing show prep and doing research for the show and everything, I started learning more and more to the point now that I'm definitely not an expert or anything, but I can really navigate my way down the beer aisle a lot better than I ever could before where I'll see a certain style and I'll know, okay, that's what this one should taste like. That's what this one should taste like. Mm-hmm. You know, The average person, they're going to see something like a Flanders red and they're going to have absolutely no idea. Whereas me now, mm-hmm. I can say, okay, that's going to have like that kind of tart quality to it and things like that. So, and I, I was, I just, I was, um, like some of the early shows I was doing like specific countries, I'd cover like German beer and then Belgian beer and things like that. 
and it just completely expanded my entire knowledge of it to the point where I, I, I almost feel like I'm running out of things to talk about sometimes, but there's always something going on in beer that jumps out of nowhere. Oh, I feel like you could never stop talking about this kind of stuff. There's, like, such a, like, rich history to it. It's kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, like, our founding fathers, like, the whole, like, great idea kind of starts with a really good drink. Founding oh, yeah. fathers drank excessively. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's it's, it's what we've been founded on in America. I think that that's something that's just going to carry through, and it's, I think it's amazing. Um, but, and then I'm, I'm looking at this thing right now, and um, it says, the oldest written recipes ever discovered by human beings are for making beer, and they're written on stone tablets over 5,000 years ago. Yep, I think I, songs. I think I do remember that. How many different kinds of facts are in that? I mean, really. I know. that That is amazing. It, it's just, mm-hmm. it, it's one of those things that throughout history, that is a constant. Yes. People love to drink. And, and one more thing, men can thank us. I'm sorry, but women in general, because apparently uh, we were the first to actually professionally brew beer. Yes, that is true. Well, well the, while the men were off basically like kind of fighting the wars and stuff, the women were taking care of the beer, which I we, you know, yeah, think is we more important. Keeping, we were keeping the spirit alive with lots of horns of lager, basically. And, and it's weird that like it started off that way, but like even now, stereotypically, beer is seen as a guy's drink, which it, it shouldn't mm-hmm. be. I mean, the the craft brewer of the year this year and I think it was like the first time in 30 years or something was a woman and it I think it's almost it, it's almost like it's too much of a boys club still where some women get apprehensive to jump into it but then then um I know there there was a brewery that just recently named uh, their new brewmaster and of course it's a woman and mm-hmm. I have to wonder how that stereotype came about yeah it it, it is really strange that you know, beer guys, wine, women, and mm-hmm. I, I never, I never understood. I, I enjoy wine from time to time. I enjoy beer. I enjoy hard liquor. I mean, you know, all, booze is for everyone. Booze is for everyone. <laughs> everyone can enjoy it. We need, we need an alcoholic drink to run for president. Yes, yes. Sponsorship <laughs> from that, and you have everyone vote. <laughs> oh, I'd vote in a second because you know, yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll have, you'll have some, you know, some bad decisions, but. I think you'll probably have some really brilliant decisions too. It's relatable. It's relatable. Yeah. Ah, well, uh, looks like since we're hitting um, just about the end of my time, I have to thank you for calling in, Logan. It is greatly appreciated. Great to talk to you. Absolutely. I know. I know you're a, you're a favorite on MLR. We we absolutely love your work on Newsy. Well, thank you. I, I'm happy to, to call in any time that I'm available. So uh, I'm definitely, I keep listening to y'all's shows and it's great. So thanks so much for having me. Oh, I appreciate it. Well, um, I will talk to you again sometime. All right. Cheers. Okay, thanks, Logan. Bye. That was Logan Tittle from Newsy.com, producer and reporter on Newsy. Um, with that, you know, I'm going to close out really quickly with a few new beer reveals and releases and then I will be out of here for the night. Uh, Terrapin Pumpkin Fest. Another pumpkin beer. We we love our pumpkin beers. It's a fusion of Oktoberfest with a pumpkin beer. One pound of pumpkin per 31 gallons of the brew. 12 ounce bottles. Draft. 6.1% alcohol by volume. It is actually shipping now. The pumpkin beers are out and about. Uh, let's see. Founders All Day IPA is now in cans nationally. Um, it's now a year-round offering. It used to be once a year kind of thing, but it's their largest volume brand, and it's now their flagship beer. 
It's hitting shelves in August. It's also still available in their 12-ounce bottles. Sierra Nevada Fall Tumbler Autumn Brown Ale. It's their, um, let's see, it was their anniversary ale replacement from three years ago. It's less hop forward than the anniversary ale, more smooth maltiness. It's more suitable for fall. 12 ounce draft, 5.5% alcohol by volume. Also shipping now. And the Juniper that I mentioned before, Sam Adams Special Release Juniper IPA. It's a winter release. It's a hoppy berry brew with juniper berries. 12 ounce bottles in draft, 5.5% alcohol by volume. Shipping is to be determined. But I assume it'll probably be by October. So with that, we are done for the day. Again, thank you to Logan Tittle for calling in. Greatly appreciated. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. You can follow me on Twitter at E-D-I-C-I-U-S or at MLR underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped, the beer drinking social media site, alcohol by volume, all one word. Follow at more like radio on Twitter. Download all our shows, morelikeradio.com slash downloads. Check us out on iTunes under More Like Radio or on morelikeradio.org. Coming up next, Unsigned Hype with J5, followed by Dutch and Royce. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next week.